Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, timeless wisdom to enrich every day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, September 17th. Concentrate on the details of what you do. At the same time, refer those details constantly, not only to your overall purpose, but to a higher end. Keep the will tuned to life's true goal. This is one of the secrets of genius, which comes from the superconscious and is inspired by God. Whatever you do, offer your efforts up to Him for higher guidance. This is something, the, the difference between the details and the energy flow, Swami describes it as one of the secrets of genius. It's a real interesting balancing act that is extremely important to keep in mind. When Swamiji was uh, guiding Ananda through the years, he was always much more interested in the flow of energy, the attitude with which people were working, the spirit that people had in their enterprises and in the groups that they were working with. He was always much more interested in that than in the details of how things are done. He said, you know, there's, there's countless ways that, one, that, that different people will deal with uh, the same project. He said, but if the energy flow is right, he said, the details will take care of themselves. It's an extremely important principle to understand um, in, in terms of success in work. I, it, was, it was a lesson that I had to learn very slowly because I, 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 was, I had, a, had and have a certain kind of perfectionism, which is it, it, it's positive and it's negative, let me put it that way. It's, it's very interesting if you notice that very often, and sometimes it's easier to see it in other people before you can see it in yourself, but it's very interesting to note how sometimes a person's best quality, um, their worst quality, is their best quality taken just a little too far. It's like you come right up to the middle line and then you cross that line and suddenly what was a strength suddenly becomes a weakness. Um, I saw it in myself in this respect. I'm very enthusiastic. I like to say yes. I get really excited about projects. Things, a lot of things interest me. And as a result, I can be incredibly scattered. Let me say, I used to be scattered. I'm not so much anymore. But I used to be very scattered because whatever came to me, I wanted to do it. I wanted to support it. I wanted to be part of it. But as a consequence, I was always overextended, always stressed, and never able to really give good energy to anything. But my enthusiasm is really one of my best qualities. And when I have learned to tame it, just pull it back this distance, you know, it, it can help make things happen. Several times in my life with Swamiji, you know, he, he would get me on board with a project because he knew if he could get me on board with it, I could persuade others to join it or I could sweep others up in, in my enthusiasm. And so I was a key sort of starting person because then my enthusiasm was helpful. So it has been and is an asset in my life but taken too far, it becomes a problem. So 
this perfectionism for details. And for me, it would often be about writing or about design or about having just the right people in it or whatever it might be. So I'd be concentrating so much on the details that honestly, I never got anything done. Because each little, what I, what I understood to be perfection was to have this little piece exactly right. And then I could go over here and I could get this piece exactly right. It was a little bit like what they call the paradox of Zeno's arrow. Is that what it is? Where in order for the arrow to arrive at its goal, it has to first cover half the distance. And so it keeps covering half the distance and it never gets there. Now, have I said that correctly? I think that's what it said. But it's just how the mind can make something ridiculous. And it wasn't until I began to honestly have good company and associate with people who were consistently successful that I began to realize that what they concentrated on was the energy flow. And I learned that from Swami too, that he would, well, a paragraph needed to be written for some brochure or something. He'd just sit down at the typewriter and write it. And he would just hand it to me. And it would be good. It might not be his greatest writing, but it was good. And it was perfectly usable. And then we could move on to the next part of the project. Paragraph was needed. I needed to pay attention. But now if I start analyzing that paragraph and thinking about what to do, I just never get to the next step. So Swamiji was always more concerned with the flow of energy and keeping the energy going. In his book about leadership, he says, sometimes it's better to make a decision, any decision, short of outright folly, he said, than to continue to discuss the issue. You know, just focusing on this might happen, that might happen. Just keep moving. Just keep the energy moving. And so when we're... um, When we're working on anything, we always have to keep in mind what is it that we are trying to accomplish. I remembered, uh, I I may have discussed this in this series, if I have, forgive me, but I remember once um, I was visiting another Ananda community. I've been in, in, I've had a, a leadership role in the community I've lived in for 30 years, for most of those 30 years. I'm, I'm semi-emeritus at this point, or I'm, I'm like a retired professor. I can still uh, give graduate seminars when I choose, and I still have library privilege, privileges, and I still have an office. But I'm emeritus from the point of view of having a full load of responsibilities, which I had for many years. Um, and I, I went, I traveled with Swamiji, or where Swamiji was, across the country, across the USA, where he was giving a program. And it's the kind of program that we ourselves in this community have hosted many times. So the whole flow of everything they did was very obvious to me. And they're, they're good people there, and they had worked hard, and they had made a beautiful idea of what they were going to do, a beautiful environment, a, a beautiful idea of how the program would flow. Everything was very nicely done with, with an appropriate eye to what the point was, which was to create a, the right environment for people to enjoy Swamiji's company, because he wasn't, he wasn't there very often. The difficulty was there was a sudden change in the weather, and from it being warm and dry and sunny, it suddenly began to be to rain torrentially. I mean, not just a little, but unseasonable torrential rains. The facility was inadequate for indoor in, to, to put on an indoor program on the on the quality and scale they'd planned. Fortunately, they had had a tent. 
which they had intended to use just as a pavilion, but it did have sides. So they brought at least some of the sides down, but it wasn't really an all-weather tent. It was still a sun pavilion, just a little better. They had set up a beautiful altar. They had flowers. They had fabrics. They had carpets. You know, just everything was beautifully set up for it to be warm and dry. No boots, no coats, no mud, no water, like this. And so as soon as it actually happened, you know, we all had to be inside this tent with the wind blowing and the water coming in. We all had to tramp on all the beautiful carpets and fabrics in our muddy boots. Swami had to do the whole thing with his coat on. You know, it was just like, on one level, it was absolutely ridiculous. And having been a planner, I knew I could see everything that had gone wrong. Being a visitor, I didn't have any responsibility and there was nothing I could do. And it it absolutely demonstrated to me the difference between the details and the flow of energy. It was an absolutely marvelous program. It was still marvelous, because the only point was to have done our best in order to provide an atmosphere in which Swamiji could be with people. And Swamiji himself was completely unfazed. It just made no difference to him. He could see what was going on and why, really, why complain about the weather? What could you possibly do? So we just went with the flow of energy, and because no one flinched, you know, there was no managers wringing their hands, there was no people weeping, there was nobody, um, you know, lamenting that the carpets would have to be cleaned. We just, we watched where we were really going. We'd done our very best, and then we saw what the point was. And on many occasions, I've also seen that what goes wrong often ends up being more um, helpful to people than what goes right. Swami Kriyananda um, often performed his own songs, but he'd written uh, like almost 200 songs with lyrics by that by the end of his life, and another 250 that were just instrumentals. And he would often sing his songs, but toward the end of his life especially, well actually that's not true, all the way through, every so often he'd just totally forget the lyrics. <laughs> he'd just be in the middle of a performance, even in the middle of a very large performance in which Tremendous amount of energy and formality was there. If he forgot the words, he would just stop and he would just turn to somebody and just ask for the words. Or he would just stop and remember and start over again. And it never, there was never even a tiny piece of him that thought it made any difference. And so many people would say afterwards that the, the most moving part of the whole performance is when Swamiji just lost his place. It was a detail. He kept his focus on where he was trying to go. Where he was trying to go was to share joy with people. The only point of singing was to share joy with people. It was nice. He had a beautiful voice. The music is wonderful. But his point was to share consciousness. So when the detail collapsed, consciousness is the only thing that matters. And so when we're working on things also, we have to realize, and this was another principle that Swami taught us, You know, the result is dependent upon the kind of energy we put into it. So if in our obsession to make it all perfect, we become tense, we become irritable, we become nervous, we become self-concerned, we become crabby with the people we're working with, all of these things, whatever, even if you can, you know, square it down and have it be exactly as you want it, it will reflect that energy. Whereas if we've had a wonderful time working on it, 
if we've laughed, if we've had fun, if we've supported each other and urged each other to work even harder on what we're doing, the job will reflect that in the end. When we were, we were printing this book, which is the first edition of Swami's autobiography, which is now called The New Path. It's a fat book, right? We did this book in 19, the summer of 1977. No computers. And we didn't, let's see, we had a very advanced system for typesetting this book, which was that there was some kind of a typewriter that printed something that was the equivalent of Braille, it printed out these ribbon things that were like Braille. And then there was another machine that you could feed the, the Braille, the dots and the little pokey things into the machine and it would come out with printed pages. The problem, of course, was that the printer machine was extremely expensive and we could barely afford the, this one. And so we, we got the use, of, we had friends in San Francisco who gave us the use of the machine that could read the Braille ribbons. Now, we were working at Ananda Village, and San Francisco is four and a half, four hours from Ananda Village. And, of course, that man's company was operating from Monday to Friday. So what we did is every afternoon, every Friday afternoon, two women, because the whole crew at that time was the nuns, it was all the women, two women would get in the car with all the ribbons that they'd made for that week. They would drive the four hours to San Francisco. Now, the building was in an... A, a, a part of town where the women didn't feel successful, uh, didn't feel safe walking around on the street. So they would take everything they needed to camp inside the building. They would go inside the building on Friday night. They would lock themselves in. They would run these tapes this whole time. Then they would, on Sunday night, they would drive all the way back with the printed pages. And then the designers, we would all proofread and the designers would fix it. And then on Friday, they'd go back down. After the last and final trip of this whole thing, after we're, we're right here, we're all the way to, and I'm not going to be able to find it without my glasses, we're, we're completely finished with this book, which has taken us several months. We have a printing deadline we have to meet because we've promised a whole bunch of other things. And in the index, in the index, I don't even think you can see it, you can't tell, the word Gyanamata which is eight-point type, which is, I don't know if you can see it on the screen, eight-point type is really small. It was misspelled. <laughs> and so the designer had to paste, because we just couldn't take another trip to San Francisco to get it. I mean, you, you know, this is how things were done back in the old days, okay? So she actually pasted together the words and got the word Gyanamata, and then that was the final thing, and then the book was ready to go to the printer. We had so much fun. I just can't begin to tell you. We had so much fun. And I dare say, the power of this book was partly because we had so much fun making it. We had to pay attention to every single detail. But most of what we did was we paid attention to the joy. So, my friends, concentrate on the details of what you do. At the same time, refer those details constantly, not only to your overall purpose, but to a higher end. Keep the will tuned to life's true goal. This is one of the secrets of genius, which comes from the superconscious and inspired by God. Whatever you do, 
offer your efforts up to him for higher guidance. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.